Hello everybody and welcome to WTS Pod. My name is Danny Murray. My name is Graham Merrigan. This Thank is w- WTS161. Yet again coming from the magic of Skype because uh, I'm in Port Leash and our guest this week is in the beautiful seaside resort of Arklow County Wicklow. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Mackle. I'm open Fitzpatrick's, he's got shite. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> Sorry, mate. That's we sent you up there. Sorry. That's Merrow again. That's he's always at that. Is that why you're on your pink gin? I'm having a pink now. I'm in the I'm in the sunny southeast. I'm having a pink gin. And I'm very very content. Good. And he on the toilet? No, I'm in my kitchen. Oh wow! And where's um, where's Gemma and the kids? That's none of your business. Thank you. And <laughs> um, I'd like to say, repeat again, happy birthday to Charlie Mackle, who was four this week. Oh, yeah, he's four today. Yeah. Happy birthday, uh, Charlie. Today happy is birthday. Sunday. Oh, of course. Sorry. That's, that's, you've had a couple of gins, Gar. We've all done that. Don't worry, mate. Yes. No, he's, uh, he's, he's, a, good, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. And, and what, have you learned that from Charlie Mackle, aged four? Absolutely. Fuck all. Really? Yeah, I think uh, I don't think he's going to offer a lot to society till he's about thirty. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's better now. Well, I started offering a bit to society when I was about twenty-two. Like what? Um, I changed the way paint was bought in the country and the way people looked at paint colours. Um, and I, I I turned it into a a, a, a high end. Uh, industry, I believe. Paint, paint and wallpaper. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. How, how, how did you change the way people bought paint and wallpaper? Well, it, I turned it into from walking into a shithole to buy a tin of paint. I turned it into an experience. So if 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 you're coming in to buy a tin of teal paint, that's okay. But if you're coming in to buy a tin of teal paint off me, we go through the history of teal. <laughs> And we go into the science of teal, what way teal could affect your brain in your home habitat. And would you mind, Gary, uh, how, how would teal affect somebody in their home habitat? What mental effect would it have on you? Well, if you're in a, if, if, if in your home you have teal and you're in a heterosexual relationship, you, your horn levels will be increased. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dramatically, uh, and if you're in um, a, a gay relationship, you'll have a, a tendency to drink more tea or hot chocolate. <laughs> so this is material. This you see, and this is Graham. We we mentioned on the six hundred during the week that Gary he moonlights as as the love doctor, and this is the perfect example of why. Exactly. Yeah, what other, yeah. Yeah. Is, is teal a common colour? Like, what other colours attract certain moods? Well, we spoke uh, on the Valentine's Day special about red. Red can make it constipated. Um, we, won't get, we won't get back into all that. Um, stony grey colours, uh, like taupes, um, would encourage more sleep. So they would relax you when you're in bed. Uh, they would settle you quicker. I actually spoke to a gentleman about six years ago and he put an orange into his bedroom, an orange colour, 
Uh, I advised him not to, but he went ahead and done it. But he's never looked back since he done it, uh, because this is a man who had very, very little control of his bowels. Um, <laughs> but since the orange went in, he he had a good two or three minutes to get himself to the loo and relieve himself. And and when back then, like where it was wallpaper, what what's what was more popular, paint or wallpaper? And what, what would you mean? What would you like doing? What came in back then was kind of feature walls with, with wallpaper. So people were picking out a paper and they would stick it up on a wall. But what was happening was they'd be bored of it within six months. So they'd be back buying more wallpaper off. So it was a repeat sale. And, and Gary, when you when you see TV shows like your man, what's your man, Dermot Bannon, for example. Yeah. What would you think now of the, the decorating advice he would offer people? Well, I, I've had beef with Dermot over the years, as you know, on a professional level. Um, you know, charging people top dollar to say, you know, we'll put an off-white in every uh, room in the house. It, it doesn't really cut it for me. Each room should give a different experience. Okay. I don't walk, want to walk out of my kitchen uh, feeling like I'm a hot dog, walk into my sitting room and feel like I'm a spice burger. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Mood levels are vital. Yeah, they absolutely are. This is all back at a time where you had the business Mackel Decor, was it? No, no, you're way out there. Um, oh, sorry. Out. Yeah. Um, do we actually want to go down this route? <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be honest with you, there's something extremely attractive about you and Dermot Bannon having a Twitter war, and I really want to get to it. Well, I guess it was before social media. Um, yeah. No, but I'm just saying now, I, I, I'd like, you know, I would love for so somebody. I just, I, I knew a few people who Derma had done work for him, and uh, I, I was of the belief that he didn't leave them in a good place, um, whether it be uh, in finishes uh, or in actually the, the construction element of it. Um, <laughs> I think he, he can be a bit of a shy hawk at times. <laughs> And do you watch his show, though? I watch it, but uh, not not in a glowing way. I watch it in a, you know, what's this lad up to? I mean, I know plenty of people that have sued Dermot Banner um, <laughs> for jobs that have gone wrong. And that's not, I'm not taking the piss when I say that. Um, okay. He's left a lot of people high and dry. All right, okay. We, we, so don't, like, we, can't, we can't confirm or deny that. No, no, and listen, what I'm saying to you is when it gets to the, the decorating part of his projects and on the show, where he's given advice on colour, I, I find it hugely insulting uh, to anybody who has ever given good advice on colour. That's all I'll say about that. And Gary, okay. if, if I can change pace, Gary, if Donald Trump was to come to you, he's decorating the White House, what colour would you recommend for his bedroom and his living room? Um, well, I don't know the man personally. I always like to get to know people on a personal level before I recommend colours to them. Okay. Uh, but Donald's bedroom I'd be kind of looking at um, maybe a calico type colour it's like a, a, a sand, it's a sandy biscuity colour right. so Don, Donald likes to feel rich and he, he likes his luxury so I, I think a calico colour on the walls like a rich tea similar okay. similar yeah, right. Right. yeah. But, um, I'd maybe go 
it's very, very, very slight off white on the ceilings. Um, and I'd maybe go a charcoal grey on the woodwork. Oh, that's an interesting oh, choice. Wow. Yeah. What you know of Danny and I, what, what would you recommend Danny in his bedroom? Danny's bedroom, I'd probably recommend an olive colour, an olive green. Okay, all right. Yeah, because well, because I feel it's uh, he's an adventurous type of guy. I always feel there's a, a an army element to him. Um, yeah, well, Gary, on the adventurous front, all I can say is where two fingers fit, I often go for three. <laughs> Oh, she, listen, she listens to this, I'm fucked. <laughs> they were giving me fee fingers. Yeah, no, um, I'm not green. Me, Gary? Um, probably a ruby, a rich ruby red, maybe. Oh, well. Yeah, um, I think it'll settle you a bit more. Well, it would certainly um, help with them scuttering on, wouldn't it? Mmm. But, um, no, look, it, it's always consider somebody like myself if you're ever gone down the route of picking colours and uh, looking for each room to pick a mood. Oh, I'll, I'll bear that because I, we're only in the house a few weeks now and to be honest with you, for, for the sake of getting in, when they asked us to colours on the walls, we just went bog standard in most of the rooms. So mm. we've, uh, I don't know what we'd call, I don't know if you can see, I know the lighting's probably crap, Gar, but over my shoulder, I'm currently in the bedroom, you know. Mm. Um, it's like a taupe, is it? It's, it's it's not actually. It's more of a kind of actually. Yeah, it's because I have a lamp on the light and shy, To be honest with you, um, and with the the web camera, it's probably not great. It's uh It's like a deep cream. Okay, so it's quite safe. It's very safe. Very middle of the road. Very, you know. And as you were saying there about the adventurous element of things, I feel as though the color is holding me back when it comes to, you know, I look I look around and all I see is safety. So okay, you know. Okay, well, you know, yeah. Maybe make, bring it, bring in a, a vegetable peeler into the action. <laughs> <laughs> Don't actually use it, but just hold it in your hand. It creates a de- an, a, an element of danger. Okay, all right. Back to Donald. Uh, I, I would definitely think a calico type color. I'd go uh, very light off white on the ceiling, and I'd go a charcoal gray on the. Uh, on the woodwork, but also bear in mind there'd be a lot of walnut and mahogany timber in that room. That's 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 an excellent point. <laughs> How often do you paint your house, Gary? It's very hard to answer, but if a bomb went off in my house, the paint would hold her together. That's all that says. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, switch things on a bit there. Well, uh, well, I'm on, to... well, not, well, not too much, Graham. If or, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was going to segue there into into something I'd be very interested to get Gary's opinion on. No, segue. Because he mentioned there that, you know, he, perhaps at the moment, uh, President Trump wouldn't feel the full benefit of Gary's advice because, as Gary said, he likes to get to know them on a personal level. So if Gary had the opportunity to get Donald Trump and, and have, I don't know, let's say two days with him as a tour guide around Ireland... You'd get to know him on a personal level, but I'd be very interested to know what side of Ireland Gary would like Donald Trump to see. Very good. Where would you bring Donny? 
I suppose I'd show them Galway city centre. I think it's a lo- lovely it's, part uh, of the world. It's vibrant. There's plenty of culture. Um, good food. Good good water and holes. Uh, you could bring them for a round of golf. I can make my way into Limerick with them. Okay. About forty minutes away. Um, I I'd bring them around my Ross and show them the lads on horses. Um, maybe let them get a hot dog in uh, the city centre. Um, but I suppose you'd have to bring them to the capital. Yeah. Um, and I'd probably, I probably, I wouldn't bring them to see the spire because I think it's the greatest load of shite that we ever done. I'd bring them to, uh, I'd bring oh, them wow. to the GPO. Okay. Um, You'd see the spire at the GPO, though. Pardon? You'd see the spire if you brought them to the GPO. I'm aware of that, yeah. I wouldn't bring them to it, I said. Um, and I'd I, I, I bring them up along the keys because I, I, I believe the keys are being developed brilliantly over the last few years. Mm. I'd show them the board gosh and I'd show them the convention centre, the O tree or the B tree or whatever it's fucking, the TV tree, uh, whatever it's called. Um, and then I'd bring them to O'Donoghue's for a point. It's a good spot. That's a good spot. Yeah. yeah. That, lot of, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of prestige there, I, I believe. Yeah. And what what car would you pick to drive them around the country in, Gar? Well, there'd be his security and all, and and his wife and all, wouldn't there? So, I mean, you'd have to be looking at. I I don't know. Maybe uh, uh, uh what's the van the Volkswagen do? Oh, Jesus, the transporter. The transporter with seats in the back. Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah. Would you Would you think about do you know, like the party bus, the one that has like the disco ball and the karaoke machine and all in it, because the, the drive, the drive from the drive from Limerick up up to Dublin's probably what about three and a half hours. So, Maybe. Are you, now it could be an option. The monks Hummer. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say it could be an option now, all right. <laughs> It'd be very hard so. to get at this time of year because of the Debs, you see. Very, very good point. Yeah, yeah. So. But what about you? Where would you bring them? I uh, I like your idea of starting on the west coast. I think too many people mm. they, they land in Dublin and I would go yeah. the opposite way. I'd land in Shannon and start on the west coast. I'd give them a little slice of the wild Atlantic way. Oh wow! Uh, bring them on a show the cliffs of Moher. Uh, I'd say, Donny, on a clear day, if you look out over there, you can actually see New York. You can see <laughs> it now, despite the fact that you know. On the old lines of longitude and latitude, they're not even close. But I, I believe he'd he'd well say it in a press conference six hours later. So we just dropped that there in his tea, <laughs> and I'd let him store it. I'd uh, I'd continue down the wild Atlantic way from the cliffs of Moher. I'd, I'd I'd love to go north up to Galway, Gar, but I just wouldn't have the time. And and you started in Galway, so I'd go the other way. So I'd go down. I'd bring him down around the Ring of Kerry, the Ring of Barna, down that part of the world, because. As far as culture goes, I believe it's very, very important that he understands that in Ireland there's about 1,700 dialects of English. So I'd probably organise a meeting with the Healy Rays. I think Trump and the Healy Rays will get on great. They get on fucking brilliant. So I'd have Danny Healy Ray making the sandwiches and I'd have Michael Healy Ray making the tea. Um, Donald strikes me as a man who... Can you hold your wish, please, Graham? Pardon Cheek, I'm not interrupting your tour guide, all right? Sorry. <sighs> Sorry, Gary. Sorry about him. Um, <laughs> you, buddy, <yeah>, fucker. 
I, I think Donald would take honey in his tea. I don't think he'd take sugar. So I'd oh, make, well. Okay. So I'd make sure that we have some lovely wild organic Irish honey there to spoon into the tea. Would that yeah. be a Manuka honey? Well, I mean, Manuka honey, in my opinion, is the greatest load of overinflated bollocks I've ever witnessed. I, oh, well. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in just give me the good old-fashioned buying valley honey. And that'll, oh. that, that'll set you right. And if you don't believe me, I suggest bringing it into the bedroom some night. Oh, well. We'll, we'll say no more. Right, so... The Manuka is uh, very good for the Ian Rush and the Harry Hickey, if you ever get it. Julie noted. Yeah, from from Kerry Din, it would only be a whistle stop with the uh, with the with the Healy Rays. We wouldn't have time to spend too much time to lad, so we'd horse the sambos into us, neck the tay, and get on the road again. I'd just barrel from Kerry through Cork. I wouldn't stop in Cork. We wouldn't, you know, just get the fuck through there. Wouldn't okay. bother. Wouldn't bother with Waterford. I would definitely bring him to to Arklow. To, oh, right. okay. to, to, to a lovely part of the world so I'd come up through Wexford I'd, uh, I'd just pass straight through Gordy and stop at Gordy's better looking neighbour that's what I'd do yeah and, uh, could show him, uh, could show him the, the Tesco's is very good <laughs> it, it, we'd probably stop there Gar, to get some nosh for the road up to Dublin to be honest you know what I mean <laughs> that's, you cocktail sashes in a bag yeah the old hot counter there I believe is, is terrific so it's done yeah. so from there we'd fly up the coast road then Um at this stage now, I would say he's getting a bit restless and he's probably getting a bit tired. So it's at this point and this point only that I'd break out Abba's greatest hits into the CD player in the car. Okay, interesting. I, I think I think Danny's a man who loves a bit of Bjorn. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, Blowing or Bjorn? <laughs> <laughs> you can do that as well, Danny. I tell you what. So, uh, yeah, and then from there we'd work our way up. I'd probably stop off, stop off in Bray, stop in Cassoni's for a bag of chips. I think okay. uh, I think Cassoni's do a good bag of chips. Probably probably the best bag of chips in Bray now. Henry and Rose have gone downhill, something fierce. I'm not sure if Henry or Rose has passed away, but one of them, the good one, is gone and they've let the, the team down there. Um, so well, the summer that we had didn't help uh, the, the quality of potato because there was there was no rain. Well, that's, yeah, it's a fair point. That's it. People often think that if it, if there's too much rain, but you need a good balance, you do. A good balance. Mm, very good. Mm. Um, so, from Bray then, I'd whisk him up. I'd, uh, I'd take a, a quick stop in Dunleary for a Teddy's. After getting the Cassonis, the Teddy's would, would work great, you see. And then I'd bring him into town, and I'd bring him to the, the Leprechaun Museum, and uh, I'd bring him to see... You know, other things like I'd I'd hope that the Great Liffey Swim was on that day. I'd try and time it for that. I'd bring him to the the Jameson Distillery to get pissed, um, and we'd have a bit of crack. I think overall, we'd maybe go to one of those bars in Temple Bar that plays twenty four seven trad music. And even though most people can't stand the fucking thing, you just go for a bit of crack. You know. Mm. And, and you know what? I I I think he would be a bit of crack. Yeah, I think he'd be sound. I, I think, think he'd be all right. Yeah. You know? Um. I think he gets a bad press a lot of the time. Well, people—he like, doesn't help himself at times. But yeah, well, well, this is true. Like this is—I I think. Do you know what it is? I think he's a man who who wants to be liked so much. He he craves people's approval so much that he's willing to to go off script and bend the truth a little bit if he thinks it'll make people like him even more. He's just like the rest of us, isn't he, lads? He just wants to be loved. That's all that's wrong with Donny. 
That's it. Are we talking about Mero or Trump? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'd, I'd only bring Trump to one spot. I bring him down Dunleary and fuck him off the pair. Oh, here we that's, go. What's that going yeah. to achieve, Graham? In 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 the quest for world peace, what have you achieved? There? I'd, be, I'd I'd be very settled doing that. Thank you. What's your issue with him? Just don't like him. Why? But Graham, He's if, a racist. But Graham, if we went around throwing all the racists off the Pierre, where would we be? We, did a, we, we let's not go down this road. We did a Trump thing before, and it was a bit boring. So no, well, hang He's, on now. Hang on. Well, I, I I have a genuine interest. If you had to pick. We, we won't ask you to give us a detailed itinerary like I did, but if you had to pick three places to bring them, where would you bring them and why? I wouldn't bring them anywhere. Of course, look at me. He's, like, you're, so, you're so far to the left, Graham, that, you know, it's impossible. You're to so know. far to the left. Like, you need, like, Trump, uh, he hasn't helped himself, walls, Mexicans. The gays, whatever. He hasn't helped himself. Charleville. I, I freely admit that. But Do you say Charleville? What did he What's do? Did he, did he attack the cheese? Did he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you Trumble think? Be Charlottesville, do you mean? Sorry, Gary. Yeah, that's what oh. he said. You said Charleville, anyway. Trump will be ultimately judged on um, the American economy. Regardless of what we all think of them and what, what the, the electorate over there think of them. And the facts are that the economy over there is booming. Uh, a man who was far more learned than I, gentlemen, told me recently, you don't have to respect the individual, but you respect the office. And he does hold an office that you should bestow respect upon. And on that ground, I, I would treat him as I would... A brother, if he was to come to the country, and I was asked to be his tour guide, unlike you're living your, you're living a gimmick there, Daddy. You're living your gimmick. Un, unlike some people who are so politically blinded that they refuse to mature in their age. That's all I'm saying. There's there's an argument, obviously, against them, but I mean, uh, for for me. Trump is very... Like, anybody who has a strong opinion on Trump, I hate him, he's this, he's that, and the other, really, you're only jumping on a bandwagon because, ultimately, he doesn't really affect you if you're living on our little island. Yeah, but that and, whole thing, yeah, you're jumping on a bandwagon, it's an easy it's an easy way out of an argument. Well, you're, you're the one who said it. You could say that about anything that you disagree with. Oh, uh, Trump was the bandwagon. Well, sure, you don't... You, you, you roll out the bandwagon whenever the... Whenever Ireland rugby are doing well and people are complimenting that more so than your soccer. Oh, there you go. Man, you were celebrating the women's hockey team. Yeah. I watched the women's hockey team. But how are stuff like that bandwagons when it's their national team playing? Are you not? Can you not follow your national team? Do I have to have watched hockey since age fucking four? No, but you've no interest in hockey. There you go. Yeah, but I'm interested in watching, the, the, watching them progress well. Do the only well. thing you know about hockey is that it was on the cover of the touchdown bar years ago. That's all you fucking know. <laughs> Listen, no. it, we, could, we could argue all night. The facts are Trump will be judged on what he does economically and he's doing a very good fucking job. Um, Give us an example of a, of a good job he's doing economically. Well, unemployment is at its lowest rate in the last 27 years. For one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, They've they've brought back in big business, big factories, big industry in, into the country. 
Um, they're making cars again. They're they're delivering fucking tons upon tons upon tons of steel to different countries. Flying it, absolutely flying it. And the conspiracy <laughs> theorists will say, "Oh well, it, it, I'm sure it's going into his pocket and his mate's pockets along the way. He will be judged on the economy, and the economy is doing very well." <laughs> there's something. There's something very 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 appealing to me about a podcast every week where we just antagonize Brian American it's very no, it's very be, enjoyable to me I'll, like 30 I'll just hang up, I'll just hang up. 30, I'm, I'm moments away from hanging up here 30 seconds before we pressed record he was like lads don't gang up on me tonight <laughs> <laughs> don't gang bang me <laughs> oh god right Merle I want to sort my think at least one of us will agree with us uh, with you on rather uh, Roy Keane. Well, no, we, we, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, no, go, go for it. No, no, go he's on, go on, go on. Okay. He, is, he means business. He means fucking business now. No, it was just, uh, what, what were you, you going to bring up Roy Keane, were you? Oh, but it sounded like you wanted to interject there. No, no, let's go with Roy Keane. We'll oh. talk about the other thing after. Okay, very oh, well. So, very well. What, what are you asking me? Well, well I'm, ju- I'm just saying, like, a lot of people... When anything to do with Roy Keane comes up in Irish media, it tends to be quite polarising. So, i seen you on the Twitter, uh, more or less pinning your flag to Roy Keane's mast, if you'll pardon the entendre. And I'm just, uh, I'm just curious to, to feel the room here. Uh, and, and I was just... I was just... I just can I just for a second, and I, I'm not being rude, can I just, before Graham continues, Danny, if you don't mind, I just want to throw this in. Yeah. On my Twitter timeline, when all this kicked off, <coughs> Graham Merrigan liked a tweet suggesting that Keane and O'Neill should go. And then two minutes later, he tweeted a picture of Roy Keane with a love heart. So, off you go, Graham. Um. I think the uproar about... I was antagonising people, firstly, by just... I do love Roy Keane. Um, and I think... Um, I think it's people's scapegoat as to why we played so bad last week. I mean, I don't believe for a minute that whatever Rail Accord is the reason why we lost. We lost because we were bad. Um, if if the Rail, the reported Rail with Ward... Or not Ward, with Walters and uh, Arthur... Keane's telling them that they're lazy and stuff like that. Um, I mean, Walters was able to show up to the session. Why wasn't Arthur? Um, that, that's where I... That's where I... Rows happen all the time in, in sports teams. I mean, they just have to get over it. And they have to appreciate Roy Keane for who he is. Okay. Okay. Gary? In relation to Gary's... Uh, bitching there about liking a tweet when I'm engaged in a conversation with people on Twitter I, I like all their tweets regardless whether I agree with them or not that is the most ridiculous thing you have ever fucking said I do not just because you're engaged in the conversation means that you like their tweet no if I'm if I'm tweeting you back and forth and you're abusing me I still like your tweets because we're having a conversation oh he just called me uh a cheating bastard who got eighteen hundred euro out of saying he was going to Rio. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Hardly. Um, I haven't mentioned that one before, Gar. My thoughts on it. Have you, have are, you mentioned that one before? Have you? Calm down. 
Yeah. Just pulling their plum. Um, <laughs> I I think Roy now it, it's it's obviously like Mero. I adore the man. Um, I but I, I I think Roy struggles to deal with mediocrity. Uh, he's used to such a high standard. Uh, he's used to competing at the top, 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 and I don't think he's ever adjusted to mediocrity. I think he's tried. Um, there's been a lot of conversation this week about you never make it as a manager, this, that, and the other. But I think people forget that in his first season as a manager, Sunderland lost their first five games. They were going absolutely nowhere. Roy arrives. They win the league. They go up to the Premier League. They survive uh, the first season. I think he brings them into the next season and he finishes uh, up kind of just before halfway through. Um, there's no doubt he's, he, he's, he's a, probably a hard guy to deal with because he demands such a high standard. But you know what? Like, what do these players expect? Pat on the back, well done. You were fucking hockeyed far near the home to Denmark, but you're well done. You pulled the green jersey on. Like, if you're not up to it, fuck off. Like, Harry Arthur can definitely do a job for that Irish side. 100%. But if he says, well, I don't do two days in a row, train, whether I'm at my club or I'm at a country, that's bollocks. You know, you put your body on the line. Regardless. Um, I doubt. I doubt that's the first uh, rouse or altercation he's had in five years. Do you know no, what I mean? No, no, and I think, not. I think, I think, I think Stephen Ward was very naive to put an audio into a WhatsApp group and not think that that was going to get. Um, yeah, but clearly, clearly, they, they, they obviously they audio each other all the time. Do you know what I mean? The, the yeah, no, everyone does it. Everyone does yeah. it, but I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be putting it out on social media or to a newspaper. Well, hang on now, lads. If just on the whole, you know. Harry Arthur and the he only trains two days a week and John Walters was able to train, why couldn't Harry, etc. etc. Is Roy Keane not a player and a man who, who criticized the Irish setup and who often didn't play in friendly so that he could nurse his health? So what's the difference here? Well, Roy, Roy Keane's a leader. Does comparisons with uh, with with Saipan because Roy felt obviously in Saipan, you know, they arrive over, they have literally no training gear. The ground that, that they were, were to train on, uh, you wouldn't let camels piss on it. Um, and, you know, again, mediocrity. And then he sees the effort that players are putting in and it's mediocre, it's not good enough. And it boils his piss. You know, people are saying... Uh, well, you know, modern day footballer, you have to learn to put your arm around them and talk to them. Um, yes, you probably do. You probably do with the Cristiano Ronaldo's and the Neymar's. Not with the fucking James McLean's. You know, get out there, get stuck in, fucking get on with it. Um, you know, look at the, the biggest talking point of the Irish team, regardless of what they do, is always Roy Keane. Yeah, because the facts are, if you are a media outlet and you are reporting on a Roy Keane story, that will get more clicks than fucking Darren Randolph having a tight hamstring. That's true, and the fact yeah. of the matter. And, and I don't, I don't disagree with that, lads. But neither of you have answered the question, and I'll go back to it. 
Sorry. What is the difference? I did. I said he's a leader. But I said he's that, a leader. Graham, that doesn't answer the question. It answers the question in my head. But, well, you're, day, you're, next you're, month and I'll say it month. Your, your head is special, is all I can say now, right? Because <laughs> if you think saying he's a leader answers the question, how is it justified? There's no comparison between... So hang on, your answer is there's Roy no, Keane... There's no, there's no difference, there's no comparison between Roy Keane and Harry Arthur. So your answer is Roy Keane is a better footballer than Harry Arthur, therefore Roy Keane can do what he wants. Probably a better human being as well, yeah. I find that absolutely disgusting coming from somebody on the left like you. <laughs> well... You're very, you're very right wing when it comes to your elitist attitude in football, Graham. <laughs> I'm only minding you. Ask, ask no. the question again, Dan. My, my, my question, Gary, was what is or is there a difference between Keno dropping out of friendlies and, and dropping out of Ireland training squads all those years ago to Nurse's Health and what Hardy Arthur and John Walters are doing? Well, the difference might have been if, if Roy was dropping out of friendlies he wouldn't have travelled to the international camp to sit around on his arse. He would have said, listen, I'm better off staying in Manchester. There's a medical team here. They know what I'm at day in, day out. We're better off doing it that way. Well, Harry Arthur arrives over. Um, now we, and as I say, we don't know exactly what happened. But effectively, he, like, why come over to fucking Ireland? Stay in bar in in Cardiff and get treatment there. Uh, so maybe like we don't know. Are are they taking up uh, medical the medical staff's time when they could be in Cardiff getting treatment? When there's probably lads who who need you know better treatment if they're playing lower down the leagues. We don't know the ins and outs. We don't know. We 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 are led to believe that. Don't hang on, noise. hang on, you hang on. You didn't have the decency to give a proper answer. Don't be piggybacking on Gary's answer. You fucking blow in. Thank you. Um, but what I will say is, Danny, just to to, to summarise, honestly, what I really do think is those players should be really, really over the moon to be involved with a with a man like Roy Keane on a on a coaching level because right. what he's achieved in the game and his in the very leadership skills, mm-hmm. um, you know. You don't get a chance to work with people like that a lot, so they really should embrace it. Right. And then, if we can also pick your brain, Amerto would be interested in getting your, your he's a leader answered again. But the common denominator when there seems to be aggro in the Irish football camp, or in a lot of football camps over the years, is Roy Keane. Now, fair enough, he may have higher standards than others, and he may demand more than other people would demand. But at what point do we sort of go, all right, maybe he's just an arsehole? But do you think he's the problem in, in terms of the performance on the pitch? Um, I, I think there is an issue with, with himself and O'Neill in terms of the style of play, yeah. that's No, but no, that, that's that's beyond the point. The, the point I'm asking, the question I'm asking is, this whole little spat, Right. Like like social media went into overdrive when we lost to Wales mm-hmm. and on the lead up to losing to Wales and people were calling for their heads based on this spa, not based on... Well, how often do you hear he's lost the dressing room when they're talking about managers and 
you know, all the players don't respect his opinion anymore. The players don't, the players don't feel like they're in a, an environment that is conductive to, to to good football. They don't feel like they can perform under this individual anymore. There's there's a hundred and one cliches you could list there to to go through something such as a personality affecting the mindset. Do you, do you think we lost? Do you think we lost against Wales because of Roy Keane? Slagging Harry Arthur and John Walters. No, I think we lost to Wales because Wales were a better football team, right? Yeah, we lost. We lost. We, so it's nothing to do with the incident. The incident was just well, completely. The well, let me talk. The incident was completely oh, wow. far fetched. It was completely overboard. Um, they, these incidents occur all the time in football teams and all sports teams. Uh, we had eight or nine players from a, that would be a starting eleven that didn't play against Wales, and nobody seems to bloody mention that. Everyone seems to be mentioning, "Oh, it's Keane's fault. It's Keane's fault." It's but Keane's hang on, fault. hang on, hang on. You're 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 picking, you're pulling the thread of the Wales game. The the point that I was making by bringing up Roy Keane's past here is that the the common issue tends to be Roy has a tendency to irk people and get under their skin. And that has to be looked at. I don't believe Roy Keane's personality lost us the match against Wales. Absolutely accept that, and I agree with you a million percent there, Merrill. What I do think, though, is if the Ireland training camp is fucking shite to be in, if players don't particularly enjoy getting called up to international duty because of the coaching setup, then, of course, they're not going to be motivated to play, like... They were, all loving life the Euro- they were all loving life at the Euros and hugging Roy and Roy was crying against Italy and all. They were all loving life then. At a major tournament. There's a common, the first- uh, there's a, there's a common denominator here. And in my opinion, it's Martin O'Neill. Now, O'Neill left Villa in shite. Right. He left Sunderland in shite. Did you like, uh, did you like, love them when the team was announced? You excuse got me. You got very excuse excited. me. I did not. Right. You, got and you, know, you know I did not. I have said from day one, O'Neill was not the man. Uh, O'Neill barely took training at Leicester, let mm-hmm. alone whatever he, his involvement at Villa and and uh, and Sunderland. O'Neill was never the man for the Ireland job. He got the job. He brought in Keane. Uh, the word is that O'Neill does nothing on the training ground. Keane and Guppy do a lot of it. And what Keane and Guppy do is shite. Um, and a mutual friend of ours, who I won't mention, and he's a good friend of all of ours, has witnessed his training sessions and said, you would see better on Merchant's Key. So, <laughs> you know, really the whole thing needs uprooting. Um, you wouldn't put cabbage on a ham salad sandwich. And that's <laughs> what we appear to have done. So, um, you know... And this bullshit, well, O'Neill to be there, he only signed a new contract. Bullshit. Uh, the, the embarrassment against Denmark, um, and w- even though we were missing players I- against Wales, that could have been six or seven that Wales scored. So, t- to me, the issue is O'Neill, and it wouldn't be beyond the realms of belief that Keane is the next Ireland manager, by the way. What? Yep. Even after all this? Yeah, you heard it here first. Oh my God. I, I, I'm, I'm not Martin O'Neill's biggest fan, by the way. I just think the uproar over the last week, um, you know, Keane O'Neill out just because of a, a little spa is ridiculous. I mean... Why did you, uh, you, why did you like a question, tweet? 
that was encouraging O'Neill and Kane to leave. Because I wanted to. Can I ask? Can I ask then? In any other sport in Ireland, where we have world class athletes and individuals, none of them seem to cause anywhere near the controversy that Roy Keane, our greatest ever footballer, in air quotes there for for the people on on the audio, none of them uh, cause the same uproar or or hassle that he does. So why is it acceptable that Roy gets the pass because he was a great footballer when no other sport has any sort of issue with any world champion or, or, or champion athlete. Well, in, in, in 2002, with, with Saipan, he was probably the best midfielder in the world. Um, running shit for United. Untouchable. Um, so, you're, you know, you're t- it's hard to put into context now because we have nothing like him at the minute. Um, but at the time, he's one of the biggest footballers in the world, one of the best footballers in the world, and he walks out on his country in inverted commas. Mm. So, really, the country never... The country still hasn't moved on from Saipan. Oh, no, it hasn't. Still civil war. You know, so so anything to do with Roy Keane... Uh, look, you won't see a Liverpool fan picking up for Roy Keane this week. No, not at all. You know, he... he, he He's a bit like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He raises hell whether it be good or bad. And that's that's how it is. You know, it's... It, <laughs> I love the man. Listen, I could walk out of my house in the morning. He'd be standing on top of my car, shiting on it and pissing on it. And I'd stand there clapping. I love him. You um, clean his ass. Look, I, I need to say, look, I, I love Roy Keane as well, lads. I, genuinely, I do. He was... And, and streaks miles ahead of any other footballer in terms of who I loved. But I... In no uncertain terms, except he's a bit of a bollocks. Like, you know, and, and I think I'd apply the same logic that I applied to Bono in this. Loved what he does, but I think he's an arsehole. And yeah. if if someone's an arsehole and they don't get on with people, you can't be in a position where you're meant to be directing people or, or coaching people or whatever the case may be. So personally, yeah, look, there's, there's no... Like, I don't ever recall anybody in the Irish camp coming out and saying, Do you know what, the training that Roy puts on is second to none. Mm. You know, at, at United, he, he's picked up all this and he's bringing it into our squad and, and it's yeah. great. His training must be shit. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's where, if Keane wants to be a manager, that's where he has to be clever and bring in people around him. Mm. Um, you know, that, that will make it happen. Like, I, it pisses me off when people say he'll never make it as a manager because what he did at Sunderland in his first season. Yeah. You know, you're talking about a side who lost their first five games. Niall Quinn flapping around like a fucking idiot on the sideline. But has he um, has he achieved anything since then, though, Gar? In fairness. Oh, no, because... ab- absolutely not. No, okay. definitely not. Uh, he, he It was a catastrophe at Ipswich. Um, you know, um, but uh, he, he definitely still has something to offer. He's young enough um, if if Roy, can, I go back to what I said a few minutes ago. If he can just realise, not everyone is David Beckham, not everyone is Cristiano Ronaldo. You got to work with people. Yeah. Get the best out of people. He he still has something to offer, hundred percent. And you know, and we've all been at his book launches and stuff. And mm. when you're sitting cl- quite close to somebody and you're listening to them, 
all the shit that you read in the papers, that all goes away. You can see somebody, you know, on, yeah. on a on a on, at a level and say, you know what? He's he's not the devil reincarnated. You know, he yeah. doesn't he, he doesn't fuck budgies on his barbecue. You know, <laughs> he, he's a normal guy. Marlo, that's you- the difference between that's the difference between him and uh, Bono. With Danny used the Bono comparison. When you listen to Bono on the telly or being interviewed, he's still a brilliant. When you listen to Roy, though, he's quite entertaining and he's like that book launch we went. It was very funny, and he's very dry witted. And people say, people, people say that he is hilarious to be around, and you get a smile out of them all. And but I think you're right, though, Gar. I think you hit the nail on the head that he has to kind of realise that. Some of the lads in that Orton team aren't David Beckham. They're not Ryan Giggs. They're not Paul Scholes. He he was captain of one of the, the best Premier League teams ever. Like, and he probably just needs to. You're not asking him to change the standards or whatever in terms of how we practice as his coaching or his managerial. But I mean, he has to appreciate what he has in front of him. But before we move on, lads, do we think Keane and O'Neill are the coaching ticket to get us to a major tournament? Jesus, no, definitely not. Uh, certainly not O'Neill. Um, do you know I, I don't think we get the No, I don't. Um, I, I think we don't have the players. We certainly don't have the the leadership. I think it's an absolute mess what's gone on the last few days. I think the FAI is a mess. Um, I'm not sure about the argument we don't have the players because when you look at other teams around the world like Hukum, Northern Ireland and Iceland and they're making tournaments because of getting results I think I think O'Neill's style he hasn't really evolved his style no he hasn't to suit the, the game now and you can tell looking at the Wales game and there's reports you were, you were talking about his time at Leicester <laughs> but you hear from players in the past that you know Martin just knew their position but he never went over shape around and you can see from the Wales match last week the shape was all over the gaff if he'd any dignity, he would have walked after the Denmark game. But no, but the, the, see how he's not going to walk when he's being offered a new contract, though. He's not going to say. I, me- I, I mentioned the word dignity. It was an absolute embarrassment. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Trap didn't walk after the embarrassment against Germany in in, in Dublin. It's a bit that of a difference sick. between between Germany and Denmark, though. Really, Denmark are top ten. Germany would have been top ten at the time as well. No, it's, I think it's a different standard. Yeah. Now, obviously, Germany are better than Denmark, but it's still a we open to that point. We were never beaten a home with more than three goals, like three four goals, and that was six one against Germany. I think it's a fairly a fair comparison. Um, but he's not going to walk when he's after actually being offered a new deal, and I don't. He's going to. He's going to. He's defended. He's defending Keane. I think people call him for them to step down based on what happened in in May. I think is ridiculous. Um, yeah, call call for their heads because of their style. Yeah, I agree. The style is a bit outdated, and you can't really defend it. But um, I still, I mean, but where does it improve? It it does it doesn't improve going forward. It's not going to evolve. So, no, but we, we got to the Euro, we got to a tournament with them already. Do you know what I mean? So we still could get to a tournament. I don't know. It's a, it's a bit like going to the shops, buying a load of eggs, flour, castor sugar, raisins, bringing it all home, whisking it. Oh, fuck, I've no oven. What's the <laughs> fucking point? 
Do you know what I mean? It's just not going anywhere. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, I wanted to ask your opinion, Gary, on what happened during the week in uh, Frederick Street where um, there was protesters occupying uh, a private building um, that that has been empty for three years and they were protesting about the housing crisis and what happened was um, the public order unit escorted um, private bailiffs, balaclavas on and basically physically removed these protesters. What did you think of uh, the images that we were seeing during the week? Well, the, when I seen the images, uh, the, the first thing that came into my head was I could identify the Gardaí, and there was a lot of people saying they didn't have numbers on, etc. And then it was pointed out to me that their, their jackets are coded in, in numbers. Now, I still haven't really established that. But the first thing that came into my head was, hold on, we've two lads standing at the front of a house in Balaclavas in civvy gear, and we've guards standing in front of them. Now, surely somebody on that guard unit is looking and they're going, hold on, we can't have two lads standing behind us in Balaclavas like fucking bouncers. We need to put a bit of scope here. But what came into my head was straight away, 1970s Belfast. Balaclavas, fucking standing there like something out of Phoenix Nights. Um, I was absolutely shocked by the images. Um, I understand you can't, it, it, at the end of the day, it's somebody's property and you cannot storm in and say, there's no fucking housing for people. We're taking this property and we're going to put people into it. But, I don't, uh, yeah, but I don't think that was. I, I, I think the no. Mess, but let I me think, let, let me finish. What was clear here was that there is political policing going on in our country, and go back. I, I don't want to go back to water protests. It's awful, though, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's frightening because at the end of the day, somebody very high up has said, "Send in the unit, valued up." It was like the Regency Hotel incident. Where you've got lads uh, in 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 guard jackets, um, carrying themselves like bouncers, um, or looking for trouble. Um, but you mentioned the images. I was shocked by the images. I really was. Um, and but this, there's no doubt that political policing is a huge thing in our country, and it's something that we're going to see more of, particularly with a right-wing government in place. Um, yeah. I do not at all like Leo's Ireland. Um, it turns my stomach a lot. Um, but at, at the same time, I keep coming, I, you know, and I have a huge issue with political policing, but we need to realise that we can, at the end of the day, somebody owns that property. And for whatever reason, it's lying idle. We don't know the reasons. Um, I think uh, these people's protests could could probably be used better um, marching to the Dáil on a Monday morning, holding up traffic. Um, I'm not sure storming vacant properties is the answer, although I do think their heart is in the right place. Um, but yeah, I found but, the image remarkable. Let's, let's, like... 
people keep saying, oh, at the end of the day, it's someone's property. But, like, it's not as if, you know, pro. it's not as if me and Danny are sitting in the sitting room and protesters just kicked in the door and said, here, you know, we're taking over the house. We want to make a point. We're protesting. This house, this house has been sitting idle for three years. So my, my point would be is that I think civil disobedience is acceptable in times like this where, you know, what you have to remember what you have to remember is right I think it is acceptable to go to an abandoned house or an abandoned wherever like what we've seen with Apollo House I think civil disobedience like that for the greater good to make politicians force them to try and change I think I'm not disagreeing with you I'm not disagreeing with you but what you have to remember is that incident happened and following on from that incident somebody has to put their hand into their pocket and pay for the front door that was lashed in, right? Yeah, that was the bailiffs, though. Well, it's it's at a cost to somebody yeah, because yeah, it's somebody's yeah. property. So if the shoe was on the other foot and it was your property and you get a phone call, oh, my God, protesters after storming in, immediately you're going to go, what the fuck is the cost going to be here? Because the building is abandoned for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Uh, but, but there's a lot of buildings like that around the city that are abandoned. Yeah, but That's, I don't like, and I'm not, I'm not, because I know your opinion on this, and I'm not looking to sound like I'm disagreeing with you. But as much as those people are right to protest, they should be protesting at the government to build social housing because it's the only fucking answer. Yeah, and they can do it at such a cheap cost, and they can do it at a profit. Like, as David McWilliams said on this podcast a long time ago, the government can borrow off Europe at such a low rate. Build the fucking units. Buy to rent it to the fucking punters, and you're in a profit. Yeah, well, like, we... Like, Ireland in the 40s, 50s, 60s hadn't a piss in. Hadn't a pot to piss in. And they were able to bring all these estates and build all these estates... How can they not do it now? It's the ideology of, of Fine Gael, I think. Yeah, because in the in in those years there wasn't a thing called capitalism in Ireland. And there yeah. is now. What do you think, Danny? Uh I'm 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 somewhere in the middle on this. I I agree a lot with what you're about saying. Um I I don't think it is acceptable for any police force of any country let alone Ireland, to uh, be unidentifiable, form a human shield in front of masks. You used the word bailiffs, Graham. I'm going to use the word thugs um, in front of masked thugs who um, are there for no other reason other than to, to you know carry out the whim of the landlord. Um, they even if you want to look at the minor offences in terms of this, or even if you want to look at the minor issues in terms of this, there were, what, eight, nine, ten guards there at least, and not a fucking iota of attention was paid to the van that those gentlemen, in air quotes, pulled up in, had no registration plates, and was illegally parked while all this was going on. Now, lads, I don't know about It wasn't taxes for four years as well. I don't know about you, lads, but if you've ever pulled up on double yellow lines in Dublin City Centre, 
clampers fucking climb out of windows to get you. So, I just think this entire thing was land, the landlord of this property or somebody with, has a connection to do with this property, I believe, whereby they were able to get support from somebody in a higher position, perhaps a politician, perhaps somebody yeah. in the guards. I am speculating here, of course. But that's why the guards supported... And I'm using the word supported deliberately here because that's what it seemed like. They formed a human shield to stop any sort of altercation between protesters and men wearing balaclavas on the streets of Dublin. Which they is, use pepper spray as well. Which is ludicrous. It's, it's 2018 and our police force were protecting men in balaclavas on the streets of Dublin. It's madness. The flip side of this is where I agree with you completely, Gary. Those protesters' hearts are in the right place completely. Take back the city and all that's kind of crack. Yeah, look, I, I, get, I get the emotion and the sentiment behind it. However, ultimately, somebody owns those properties. Rather it's abandoned for three years, rather it's abandoned for 30 years, rather it's abandoned for whatever. Nobody has the right to forcefully evict or take property off somebody, regardless of the circumstance. The only difference here is that this landlord is considered wealthy because it's a Dublin city centre property. But if you flip this completely on its opposite axis, and you look at it from the point of view of that was a poor person living in that property, and they were fecked out to house six rich families rather than one poor family, there'd be uproar. Do you know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. you, you can't just turn around and say, the property's being abandoned. It's still somebody's property. Now, the protesting element of it, I'm all for. And civil disobedience, I'm all for. Like, for example, on Wednesday evening, they blocked O'Connell Street. The protesters blocked O'Connell Street, blocked traffic. Massive inconvenience to people of Dublin. Massive inconvenience to public transport. And it will get headlines, it will get attention. But the simple fact is, you've got too many people, too many chefs spoiled abroad here. You've got too many people trying to do too many things. And I think this needs one single mass movement on the doll, as Gary said, you need to hit the politicians because ultimately speaking, doesn't matter if this is a right-wing government, left-wing government, doesn't matter what it is, the housing stock isn't fucking there. They need to build houses, they need to build social houses. But on top of that, there has to be something done about politicians in Ireland being private landlords. Yeah, exactly. 100%. That, that is 67% of them are landlords and landowners. So they That's have, an amazing number. That's a crazy number. They have no interest in solving this while it'll line their pockets. And when, when Gary gives that figure, that 67%, Merrow, as much as you may not want to digest this, that includes some of your pals on the left as well. <laughs> that 67% isn't exclusively Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil or Labour. You know what I mean? So and I, just you're spot on, and and just another thing as well, and the protesters' hearts are in the right place, but like by breaking and entering into that building, what what do they think is going to happen long term? Mm. They're not going to renovate it into a property that's going to house eight families, let's say. Yeah, nah, they're going to happen. I understand that, but like, there's no long term point. They're not. They're not. They didn't break in to get you to do the painting and Dermot Bannon to have a look at it. Like, <laughs> I painted it in the mustard. But um, 
But uh, no, it, like I'm on both sides of the fence. Like Danny, I think you know I have an opinion on both sides. Mm. Um, but it's the, look at the country that we are living in is being led by a right wing neoliberalist regime. Um, I still believe we're being bent over the table by Europe and being told how to behave. Um, as far back as when the tribe and the IMF were telling us, here's what's happening. And I think we're going to be like that for a long time. I, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying, Gar, but again, I, for me, doesn't matter who's in charge here. It could be the furthest left party you can imagine in charge. They're not fixing this anytime soon. There, there, there is no party in Ireland, there is no individual in Ireland, progressive enough, intelligent enough, and with the balls big enough to fix this problem. This is systemic. This is something that is going to fucking plague Ireland for a number of years to come. And rather it's Leo in the hot seat, rather it's Michal Martin in the hot seat, rather it's Mary fucking Lou in the hot seat, it won't matter. The simple fact is you're going to come up against obstacle after obstacle after obstacle because of the rules that are already in place. They need to give this a complete whitewash. As I said, the social housing route has to, has to, has to improve. But we can't, as a people, just go around breaking and entering into private property to make a point and think it's acceptable. doesn't matter how long something is abandoned. You find another way to highlight that point. You find another way to show that there are a number of properties around the city centre in Ireland, or in Dublin rather, and around Ireland, that are vacant and that could be used as housing stock. And you bring that to the politicians, you bring that to Owen Murphy, the Minister for Housing, you bring that to other representatives within Dáil Ireland, and you make them take action, or they'll lose their jobs in the next, next election. Nobody wants to be unemployed. Especially guys who get a cushy pension for five years' work. You know what I mean? So I, you I, mentioned you, you mentioned on on Murphy, and he he might as well be looking at a box of frogs uh, as opposed to why he's trying to get over the line. Because yeah. my God, um. But I, you mentioned, you know how how do we fix it? And you can, like at our, our our age group, all we can do is look back our lives and say right when was the standard of living at its peak in my life mm. like I sound controversial here like well I mean he's now my thoughts anyway like I I believe the best standard of life was when Barty was in charge of the country now I don't want to hear he'd know bank account he was Daisy <laughs> backs horses right when you were living in this country when Barty was running the gig Everyone was getting a bit of cheese, and that's a fact. And if you weren't, you're a fucking idiot. Um, it was a, a, a definitely a higher standard of living. You had more opportunity. I would hate to be 21, 22 now living in this country because yeah, there's if you're, fucking you're 21, if you're 21, 22 living in this country and there's nothing for you, it's because of Bertie Hearn. No, that's not the case. That's that's a ridiculous comment. It's actually a very good comment. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what, my, it got back to my point. You, like, 
I believe the best standard I had was when Bertie was in charge. I believe there was opportunity. You could get a piece of the pie. Uh, with this crowd now, it's they're standing on their neck. Go to fucking work and just get on with it. Um, maybe that's a good thing long term because the, the country won't see the death that it's seen, etc. Um, in, in the boom times, but I, I I really think the country's in a in a in a dark little phase at the moment. I really do. It's too much. There's there's. They've just get. I, I don't for the life of me, and, and maybe me, Danny and I have spoke over the last couple of weeks about. Uh, we spoke with Phil O'Connor, and it's, it's about like there's no there's no governments anymore, or was there ever with accountability? Like there's so many scandals that have happened over the last seven eight years under Fine Gael, and they just keep getting voted back in, and I just don't get it. Like this is why I I don't, and I don't think I ever will align to one political party or one political belief and and stick there because in truth I think they're all the same and I think situations change I think situations change and the need for the electorate to recognise the situational change makes us responsible for change so I think if you pin your mast to one political or you pin your flag to one political mast rather I've used that expression twice tonight that's fucking shit out of me lad sorry but if you do that, if you if you stick constantly to I'm I'm a blue short, I'm a blue short, I'm a blue short, I'm a fina faller, I'm a fina faller, I'm a fina faller, I'm a shinner, I'm a shinner, I'm a shinner, I'm labour, I'm labour, I'm labour. If you stick constantly to that, despite whatever situation the country may be in, you're not recognising the need for a different approach to a different fucking situation. And I think that's detrimental to everything. Yeah, well, I, you're right, and I think that I, I would really strongly That's think today is... isn't it? Sorry? It's like parish politics. No, I disagree with you. I think it's national, Graham. I think... I think no, rec- it's parish politics nationally. Like it, You're talking the Healy Rays and the Michael Lowry's where no matter what Michael Lowry does wrong, he'll still have that core uh, temporary... Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought, you were, I thought you were almost making the opposite point there. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. Uh, I'm agreeing with you. Settle yourself. Apologies, Graham. Yeah, I, I think the days of people um think Danny's right. If, I don't think anybody could say, I'd only ever vote Fianna Fáil. Mm. You know, the standard of politicians at Fianna Fáil is so fucking low. Um, they're, they're in a really bad place. Fine Gael, shocking. Um, I think Sinn Féin, I, I really like Pierce Doherty. Um, I really like Owen O'Brien. I really like Mary Lou, but I still don't think they're where they need to be to leave the country. Um, so really, we've lack of alternative. Mm. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Uh, but I, I really think it's a case of just paddle your own canoe, get through it, um, and really, um, really, you know, switch off from politics because if you get bogged down in it, it's it's a fairly depressing little place. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. this whole thing as well, though. <laughs> um, you know the way you were saying there, or Danny was saying there that. Uh, during the week, people decided to lay down uh, on O'Connell Street and they stopped traffic and they stopped Lewis's and stuff like that. I, and I, th- I think that's great. But what you have is in this country is that people who are on that Lewis trying to get home and they were stopped and they're giving out about the protesters. So we're not, and Fina Gael love this, by the way, because we're not like helping each other. Do you know what I mean? We're not, we've lost a bit of sense of community are looking after each other in times like this you know does somebody in Ballybrack care that someone in Galway is homeless do you know do you get my point 
a United Ireland does not just mean North and South Graham, is what I'd say to you there. Um, I think I think we live in a country that's very divided, uh, socially, economically. Um, I think that there are just massive divides in terms of class, in terms of opinion, and in terms of basically people looking. And it's a little bit what you said there, Gar, about people need to look out for themselves, kind of thing, or you need to keep the head down and just and just plough through it. And while I agree to an extent. <laughs> There's also that whole thing of like, well, you know, if if you live in a cul-de-sac with 20 houses and you've one neighbour who's an absolute fucking arsehole who's wrecking the cul-de-sac, you know, if the 19 is bandied together, there's a chance you'll solve the situation. But if the 19 is are all pulling in different directions, you know, three is couldn't give a toss, two is ah, should I commute to work, I'm barely there ever, four is want to sort the situation out, and the rest of you are kind of, ah, yeah, no, go on, you look after it there, go on, yeah, now, whatever you say, we'll support it. Nothing will ever get solved, you know? And I think that people do need to band together. I think the, the, the problem is there's nobody with the charisma, the intelligence, or, as I said earlier, the balls to pull the people together. There's not one person in the country who has a strong enough personality right now to step up and, and, and pull people together. Yeah, I agree, and I think, and I've said this before, Politics is in a really low place in this country. Um, I don't see where the next leader on, 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 at any party is coming from. Um, and I mentioned Fianna Fáil again because, you know, and it's such a big step up to go from being a politician to being a teacher. Like Brian Cowan was a magnificent politician. But when he stepped up into being a teacher, he might as well have been looking into a ditch. Yeah. It was absolutely shocking. Um, was, he a, was he a magnificent politician? I think people, he was. Yeah. You ask the people awfully and they'll tell you he was. He was. Yeah, he, 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 you know. he was definitely a good politician. You know? And like Michael Lowry, you ask the people of Tipperary. They fucking love Lowry. Ah, but the, people, he, the people of Tipperary, there's something in the water down there. They're not, they're not right in the head, Gar. No, absolutely. That's, but, that's Paris but politics. Lowry gets things over the line for Tipperary. That's the same and, with the Healy Rays, I know. Yeah, now in fairness, you're right. And that's why they vote for them. Lads, we could stay here all night and try to solve it, but uh, I think Sorry. it's no, we couldn't. I'm glad it's over. Yeah, th- th- <laughs> that was a that was a change of pace there. That was, but uh, cunts, they're all cunts. Everyone, <laughs> that's more like it. Um, Gary, we will get you back before Christmas. Maybe we'll have uh, one up in Fitzpatrick's. Who knows? Oh yeah. We, lo- we love having you as the official correspondent, of course, to WTS Pod. It's great to hear your voice and see <laughs> our face once again. Can we watch, not just watch. tell people that I own it at this stage? Are we still hiding me behind? He's he's a correspondent. <laughs> we are waiting. Will we are waiting until we, we the new year, and we done the old. We were going to float us on the stock exchange. Now we are talking about this. We we're waiting until he got to check off Larry. Exactly. We didn't want to watch. reveal you until that point. You know what I mean? Watch. No, uh, Thanks. Gary, watch uh, watch Tots give out that you're the guest this week. Pardon? Watch Totsy give out that you're the guest this week. Oh, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Ballybreck. Welcome to Ballybreck. It's in my head of fucking evil. Tell you. You. Congrats, right. congrats to Ian Versey. Uh, he, that that the song has done magnificently over the last couple of days. Mero, it's where catchy, can, isn't it? It is. In fairness, he, he he's he's made a catchy little tune there. Mero, where can people listen to all previous 160 episodes of this multi-award winning 
audio presentation. You can get us at <laughs> Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, Podbean. Just search WTS Pod. Uh, you can get us on Facebook, forward slash WTS Pod Ireland. You can get us on Twitter, WTS Pod. SoundCloud. No, we don't do SoundCloud, girl. Knew that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thanks for joining us, Gary. Yeah, yeah, Gar, Gar, people can get your musings and possible love advice on Twitter as well, can't they? Yeah, and uh, grinder, grinder uh, <laughs> forward slash um, forward slash that's Gab- doctor. That's, that's that's Gabriella. Oh yeah, sorry. I, I was actually going to do the makeup and wig and all. See, I wouldn't <laughs> but, uh, have been. I'm I'm recording this in my undercracker, so I wouldn't have been able to contain myself, Gary. <laughs> Lads, it has been it has been a pleasure as always. Stay stay well, gentlemen. Stay well. God bless you. All the best. Truck along. Come on, Mero until next week, bud. Here is. Full hearts. Hot loose. Too sweet. Look, lads, thank you. God bless you.